the hunt full is just a tool like anything else and you can use that tool as much or as, as minimal as you want and uh, there's guys been members for 17 years never called and then there's guys that call all the time you know so i think that we can essentially um help you in your learning curve of every aspect of your hunting from applications to strategies to questions on optics weapons gear we've been doing this for a lot of years and we've put a lot of things to the test and we're gonna be honest Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, where expert advice becomes real results. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that like to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we interview professionals in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. live here live from the custom rig exactly built a hunt rig built to hunt <laughs> signing right. off from the uh, actually need the air conditioning a little too warm in the <laughs> rv it's i think this is like an arc though i mean this is oh, like Noah that's built this okay thing. if they'd get the hell out of the way and the keys was in it i'd go for a ride <laughs> man this would be fun you'd be pounding people out yeah, of the way. Be like excuse me beep, 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 beep. hey guys i'm robert hanneman i'm garth jansen we're with the Hunt and Fool, and you are listening to the RNA Outdoor Podcast. So we are day two here at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, weather's been good, so it's allowed all of us to get here. So that that's very fortunate. Um, secondly, uh, we are sitting in probably what is the coolest hunting vehicle I know that I've ever seen. Jason and I are last night <laughs> laying in bed, and we turn on the Discovery Channel. And what's on the Discovery Channel? This, this truck, truck is this on. Truck. The yes, Discovery truck Channel. was on it. Diesel Brothers. Oh, yeah. And it we was... were like, I was like, stop. That's it. Look at that. I'm like, holy cow. It's, it's a little more impressive in person, too. It is. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, wow. pictures don't do it justice at all. No. No. Even when they're flying over it and going, oh, look at this, you're thinking, ah, no big. Now you're sitting in it and you're like, there's, there's actually six seats up there yeah, dude. bucket seats yeah that i mean six rifles hanging out the side of the stage <laughs> that could be the pretty, war wagon that could be fun so anyway listeners you are tuned in to the rna outdoors podcast i'm your host lucas paw and uh, we're fortunate today uh to sit down uh with two professional hunting consultants uh from hunt and fool um i always think about you know my long-standing relationship with hunt and fool i started uh in i think it was 2006 or 2005 or 2006 with the hunting service which is about the same time i started applying for a lot of states i've been applying in montana for years um as that's where i was a resident where i was born and raised but for western hunting i started applying about 12 years ago and uh this has been basically my model that i've used for for so many years is is the is the hunt and fool magazine and I've seen Robert in there, and it's like Robert's the guy, like, if I could have 
the life I would like want to have Robert. <laughs> I mean, he hunts. Now I know we were talking to him earlier. He's like, "Yeah, well, you don't want my life from like now till like May because it's just havoc." But um, I've always enjoyed Robert's articles. I've always enjoyed uh, reading some of his uh, publications uh, in the Hunt and Fool, uh, and just following him, uh, you know, across a lot of his adventures. So uh, really fortunate. But before we get to that, I do want to talk to uh, the boys at Ripcord, who is our title sponsor of our RNA Outdoors podcast. Ripcord ARS, our bow hunter's number one follow-away rest on the market. They are based out of Dillon, Montana. So near and dear to my heart, a small town in Montana, um, they are a brand that bow hunters trust. So if you have any more information or want to know more about Ripcord ARS, you can check them out at ripcordarrowrest.com or any on any of their other social media feeds. So with that today, uh, I want to kick off the podcast uh, in one. Uh, thank my co-host here, uh, Jason Quick, who's been helping me out. Uh, with some of the podcasts, Jason and I have done some together. Um, I've actually done some with him uh, in conversation around some of the hunts that he's done. So glad to have uh, Jason on the show with us as well. Always fun to be around, man, especially when we're talking hunting. I mean, the only thing to be better if we were sitting around a campfire and had a tag in our pocket, right? Exactly. That's right. And with that, um, I want to turn over to uh, our host today from the Hunt and Fool, uh, both professional hunting consultants, uh, Robert Hanneman uh, and Garth Jensen. Welcome to the show, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're glad you had us. Absolutely. So to kick off our discussion today, um, we're going to kind of go through uh, what's called the rapid fire Q&A. And the basis for the Q&A uh, is to basically ask you guys an open-ended question, right? Would you prefer this tag versus this tag? And we can talk about it. We can elaborate. Butter versus bacon? Well, that was yesterday. Oh, okay. Wrong day. (laughs) Or butter and bacon. It could be, sometimes it could be both, right? So, but a lot of it is to uh, kind of tell the listeners a little about you guys, your background. uh, And also, again, this is your profession, right? When people call, say, I got max points in Arizona for elk. What are the units I should be applying in, right? So this is this is what you guys do. So the first question I'm going to pose you both with is if you have, if you could have any Arizona deer tag, and it was between the Henry Mountains or the Ponsagant, what would it Utah. be? Utah, Utah. Yeah, I was going to say the first Utah. thing I'd do is I'd switch <laughs> switch states. Switch states. What did I say? <laughs> Arizona. Arizona. Sorry. Yeah, Utah. Once again, the, this will get he'll bloop out the part that he doesn't want in there. But if we mess up. You guys it's in. guarantee it's, it's, all it's, in. it's definitely all in. in. We're rolling. So Utah deer, Henry Mountains or Ponsagon tag? I mean, it, for me, I would I would go to Henry's. I, I just don't – I've had a Ponsagon tag. It, uh, it turned see. out great. Yeah, but that guy. That that might be why I'm going to go to the Henry's. But honestly, the Henry Mountains, if, if, if you said I just had a choice, pick it up, here you go. Take one. It'd be Henry's. Henry's hands down for me. No question. Okay. Seeing how Garth's got a giant in the Ponsagon, I know he'd be in the Henry's too. Yeah, and <laughs> just drift over there and try another one. Exactly. I keep telling him, I just waiting for somebody that I know to draw it. Hopefully, it'll be me. But if not, if somebody I know draws, I'm going. I don't care what happens. You know, we gave away a Henry's deer I hunt know. like two years ago. I, and me and Garth both got to go on the hunt. I remember and, that. And uh, you know, we watched one of our members kill a buck that went buck both ways. You know, wow. and it's just, I was one of the coolest places I've ever been. Yeah, it, it's, it's just, you don't get that experience anywhere else. I mean, but to your point, regardless of who draws, you're going to go with them. Yeah. I got over there and I'm like, man, there's only going to be, you know, 20 deer hunters there. And you get over there. And there's that place is a little bit of a madhouse. Sure. Yeah. Because it's the guy who drew it and all it, of his relatives and yes. his good friends that all hunt. Right? And exactly. his grandma. Yeah. yeah. And his <laughs> grandma. <laughs> yeah. That had the points to draw. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen. <laughs> 
that's the way it is, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. but enjoy. So let's switch gears now. Let's get to Arizona. For deer, would you rather have a 13A or 13B tag? 13B. No question. No question. Not even, yep. yeah. <laughs> if they gave me a 13A, I'd take it. Yeah, sure. I was, was going to say, if choice. I didn't have the choice between the other one and yeah. this one, then, right. you no, know. No question. Okay. The tougher question would probably be a 12A West or a 13A. Ah, uh, there you go. That's going to be yeah. a tougher one. But Hunted 12A West one time, long time ago. Okay. Didn't work out so good. But <laughs> anyway, next story. Arizona Elk. If you could have a Unit 9 tag or 23 North, what would it be? 23 North. I'm going to agree because I've had two nine tags. Back in the lawsuit years when USO kind of had the thing and everybody was equal, I drew nine and 04 and nine and 05. So I think I'd try 23 North. <laughs> Same See, reason I go to Henry's. He has the knowledge. He has the knowledge of nine, yet he's willing to gamble and go somewhere else. Impressive. Utah Elk, would you take the Beaver unit or the San Juans? For me, I would take the Beaver simply because I'm only an hour from the unit. So I'd be able to get over there and scout it a heck of a lot more than the San Juan. But, I, you know, for quality, I think it's sixes. But uh, You know, I think I would just want to hunt the San Juans just because of its reputation. The beaver, I think a guy could turn up a giant. Um, but I think I'd just want to go and learn the San Juans where I've spent a yeah. little bit of time on the beaver. I'd want to see new country. Okay. Nice. If you had an option uh, in Montana for a sheep tag and it was in the breaks at 680 or 482, what would it be? Ooh. Honestly, this year, 482. And I'm only saying that because I know what rams are there. You know, certain years, and there's a big ram on the north side or south side. On 680, you're going to fight guys, private land issues, guides, governor's tags. It can be a pain. You know, the ranchers are really not letting people on there. 482, you can go in there and have a great hunt. And That'd for, be my choice. For me, I'd just say 482 because... That's what Robert would tell me. Robert, He's the Robert man. told you where to <laughs> That's go. That's right. Hey, don't get me wrong. Last year I called him. I'm like, where am I Where am I playing for sheep? And he's like, okay, here's the number. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's where I'm going. Yep. Come on, take odds. Come on, take odds. Come Robert on. Robert is no. a resident expert in Montana. So <clears throat> Colorado, if you could have a unit 61 or a 201 tag. For elk. For elk. Oh, yeah. 201. Hands yeah. down. Same thing. Yeah, the yeah. northwest corner is. But we'd yeah. have to be 45 years old because we'd need 25 points to yeah. drop. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> At least, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. You're making me feel young. Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Splitting hairs here, but elk in New Mexico, would you take a 16D or 16A tag? I think I would take probably an A tag. This, I mean, right? I, there's just so many elk in A for me. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go chase down and chase after those little just giant giant once in a lifetime bulls i would rather go down and just chase mature bulls so i think it's 16a for me i've been lucky enough to hunt both of them not with my own tags but with other hunters and uh i think i would go to d because i just i mean i'd want to be able to kind of go hunt the jungle and see if just a dinosaur could step out any corner i mean 16a is awesome you got collins park everything else but i don't know i just they're both pretty close uh, right you know in last year from everybody we talked to, guides, outfitters, biologists, 16A was a way better tag in 2016 yep. than 16D. Well, just like everything else, if you could get either of them, you have to make a choice. But if you could, you'd take them both, right? Sure. Oh, every, absolutely. every opportunity. So in Alaska, if you had a dull sheep tag, would you prefer the Chugach or the Brooks Range? Chugach. For me, I would say yes. Chugach. <laughs> gotcha. If you guys had a choice between elk or deer, what would it be? 
Boy, that's a tough one because now I'm starting to factor in which weapon and what season. Exactly. <laughs> that's what makes it tough. You know, um, if we're strictly if going by species, species, you could hunt the rest of your life. I'd have to take a muley. I mean, I just, that's, that's my passion. But yeah. elk taste so much better. Do they? Though. Well, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, I had some pretty good, I've had some pretty I'm, good venison. I'm not saying yeah. that it's not some pretty good venison, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying under normal circumstances. I'm You've never right. came over and had food this guy's cooked on a Traeger. Oh. That guy can make some mule deer. It's it's good. I would you, go Robert? mule deer hands down. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just I think you can buy a giant elk. You can buy a giant whitetail. You can buy a big ram. It's hard to buy a big mule deer. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent correct yeah. right there. There's no no doubt about that. Sheep or goat? Any preference? Sheep. For me, honestly, mountain goat because I'm thinking more obtainable. Now, if you just gave me the permit, I would go with a sheep tag. Yeah. But mountain goat, just because that's the one thing I've always looked at. Okay. How about from a predator standpoint, would you rather take a wolf or a mountain lion? Um, a wolf, just because I've never had the opportunity to ever take one. Yeah, I think, I think I'd go wolf just because, you know, you can book a five-day hunt in the right snow conditions to kill a lion. You can book a month-long wolf hunt and not kill a wolf. Yeah, never see one, maybe. It's the lowest success of any hunt I know of, like in Idaho and Montana. We're talking 1%, 2%. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I know you guys, or some of you had done a Kodiak Island trip uh, this last fall. So if you could, would you rather take a brown bear or stick a blacktail on Kodiak? Oh, brown bear. <laughs> Those things were giant. Hands <laughs> down. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, if, if you had the option, obviously, it'd be a brown bear. Yeah. Those things are so impressive, it's unreal. No, I mean, the tracks, I mean, and what we've seen up close, I mean, I got a size 12 boot, and I could put it in its track. And, like, I mean, there's oh. not a lot to intimidate yet, but a couple nights, we had a good transporter, and we'd shoot two or three bucks right at dark, and we'd pack out till two or three in the morning. And it was a little nerve-wracking going through a lot of that country, each of us having a whole deer on, you sure. know. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather hunt brownies than anything. I mean, when you see those tracks going up those skyline ridges, those alpine ridges, and just see where those bears have been walked up those ridges over the years, and they've got, you know, six-inch deep holes where their feet sit, it's... Nothing it, like watching one cut across, and you think, gum, that bear looks as big as a Volkswagen oh, bug. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, seriously, I mean, yeah. it looks as big as a car exactly. going across... Oh, it's awesome. Elk meat on the barbecue, baked or fried? Or Bar- on a Traeger. Well, yeah, I'd say Traeger, Traeger. or barbecue. Traeger would be my first, but Hands yeah, down, Traeger. the grill. Yeah. Grill yeah. This is a question for Robert. So are you a Grizz fan or a Bobcat fan? Honestly, I thought that was like a misprint or a trick question. As <laughs> I mean, like, MSU, who are they? Like, I mean, there's the Grizzlies, but is there another team in Montana? No, not really. <laughs> I, I don't know of one. Especially where you live. <laughs> I'm mean, talking about something that we really yeah, don't know. know. It's yeah. a Montana it's thing. It's a Montana thing. Yeah. You, you came into BYU or Utah, now you might have a discussion, but. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> might have a discussion. If you guys had the option of. Hunting with archery equipment, muzzleloader equipment, or rifle equipment, what would be a preference? Probably tag dependent, but hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I whatever whatever's the best chance to kill whatever I want to kill. I could. It doesn't matter to me. But if you had, I mean, like I grew up rifle hunting, love it. Why did I go to archery? To extend my season. Yeah. Would I do a muzzleloader? Absolutely, because, you know, if that gives me an extra season, I'm in. If there was an Adelaide season, I would be, like, <laughs> practicing right now. Adelaide, that's a good one. Slingshot season. I'm yeah. in. But, 
it, which, it, would, it would be tough for me to, to, to say one, but, I mean, if you held my hands of fire and said this is the last time you're ever going to be able to do one of these, I would probably do bow. Just, I don't know, it's, it, it's fun getting personal. up close. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing like archery hunting. Okay, for optics, uh, Swarovski, Zeiss, or Leica, what's your guys' preference? They're all really similar, I would say. I mean, it's cutting hairs there, but I use Swarovski. I've used it forever, Swaro. I mean, I got a pair of 15s that are Zeiss, and I love them, but, you know, my spot and scope and my 10s are Swaro. Okay. Yeah. I know what you use, so. I'm a, well, I, they didn't have a rangefinder in their binoculars when I started, you know, so I'm yeah. a Leica guy. Did they know? have a rangefinder when you started? No, <laughs> they didn't. Actually, the, you, you'll laugh. You, How you old know? are you again? Exactly. I am not old. I keep telling everybody that. But, you know, when I started, seriously, it was like, how far is that? I don't know. Let's put the 20 pin on it. Funk, didn't hit the target. Nope. It's further than that, you know. What was it like when you got a 3 by 9 scope? It was actually pretty freaking cool, dude. He's being an ass I now. But, but I love him anyway. Wait a You know, his turn's coming one day. One day his turn's coming. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this relationship is there's there's a story between these two uh, that's a grassroots story, but it's actually how Robert and Jason met years ago, and I think it's only Go ahead, Robert. You might as well start it out and get it out on the, on the plate right now. So back in 2006 in Nevada, my dad drew desert sheep tag, and uh, uh, I have a real good friend, Cole Mortensen, whose taxidermist was named Wayne, and he drew a desert sheep tag. Well, I went down, helped my dad. He killed a great ram, filmed it. And then Cole's like, dude, just go over to the next unit and help Wayne. And I show up there, and Jason's there, and he's kind of like, I'm a big deal. I'm filming for Best of the West. And I was like, oh, okay, well, i am just got this camera, and I'll just... And he's like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay. So we, we go, and it was a great hunt. Wayne, honestly, is the salt of the earth. He's one of the nicest guys I've met in my life. Um, do anything for anybody. And uh, kills a phenomenal ram. And it was just such a cool experience to watch him do that. And, and uh, you know, me being second fiddle to Jason, I kind of had to stay behind him. Luckily, like that, you know, considered <laughs> second fiddle. I didn't yeah. know that. That's awesome. So well, he told me he's like <laughs> he's still he's there. Like, Stay behind me, so because I want you to get in my shot. And I was like, all right. So uh, Wayne kills the ram. We both filmed it. It was awesome. And then that was back in the day. I'm gonna date myself a little bit now. It was pre-digital. Everything was tape. And uh, you yeah. know, my company had a strict policy not to watch any of the footage again because you could get a dropout. And uh, Jason's like, I'm gonna watch it. And I'm like, oh, you can do that. He's like, oh yeah, we can do that. I was like, I can't because I'll drop out. So he's like, we're going to watch it. So he goes to watch it, and I'm like, Wayne is such a special person. He's so awesome. I can't say enough great things about him. But I was like, man, how cool would it be to watch him watch him shoot his ram on TV for the first time? And I was like, light bulb and all that. I was like, I'm going to film this. So I turned the camera on Jason and Wayne, and I'm like, just waiting for the, the like, emotion to set in with Wayne. And then, unfortunately, the emotion set in with Jason. And I'll let you step in here and finish <laughs> it out for us. Yeah, let me tell you, when, when you hit the go button and you're following the stock and then mentally in your head you're like, okay, we're getting ready for a kill shot, and you hit the button again, it doesn't go from go to go. It goes from go to pause. And then when you watch everything through the viewfinder and you zoom in and then you zoom back out and you look at everybody and you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then all of a sudden you, oh, and I think Robert actually said, hey, look at the sheep going up over the top. And so we spun around and I looked and I thought, what's that blinky light doing there? I hit the button and it said record. Yeah, when I played it back and there was no kill shot on there, 
I literally wanted to crawl underneath a cactus. I don't know how it's possible, but there was. I'm sure the Robert's giggling right now because he could he could attest to. I think I went. We ended up back at the camp, and I and I was okay. Well, we were going to crash out. They were going to do that. I just looked at the guys. And I said. Later, guys, I'm out of here. I, I had, a, like, a 12-hour drive to get home. And all I could think about the whole drive is, you friggin' moron, press the button to pause it right for the kill shot. Yes! Awesome! <laughs> I want to cool cry by myself. We got his hunt on film. We ran yeah. it on TV. And in the blooper reel, when the credits were rolling... Was Jason record pause record pause record pause? Yeah, <laughs> I, need well, a, I need to get a hold of that. I actually, I actually told myself I actually wanted to get a copy of it too, but I, I have never actually watched it. Isn't that funny? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I told Wayne to get me a copy of it, and he's, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get. Well, you know how that goes. Yeah. Of course, in the pain, you probably have a copy at home that you could burn me a DVD, right? I probably do. That's I probably should funny. watch it at least to it at least good. to feel the pain all over again. But hey, it built a relationship, and that's what life's about. Oh, and one right. of these one of these days, you know, I'll make Robert film a hunt for me, and then then I'll tell him, please do not, don't do what I did. <laughs> well, thank you. You, you guys will never let that down on each other's you know resume. Yeah. So, okay, um, we're going to go ahead and, and just kind of get into the meat of the discussion. Um, we've got a, quite a few topics lined up, and. A lot of this I really want to base uh, around the Hunt and Fool and just understand a little more about the business, about the company. Um, you know, there's been change of ownership in the last couple of years. So talking through a little bit some of the vision that you guys see and have, obviously there's changes occurring when you obviously have a, a, a new partner that comes in and, and wants to change the business model. But for you guys, how did you guys get involved in Hunt and Fool? Well, Robert's story is a little bit different than mine. I mean, he, he got involved with Hunt and Fool when Garth was still the owner, so I'll let him kind of tell you about that, and then I came on a little after. Okay. Yeah, so Garth Carter called me, um, would have been 2012, and, uh, you know, he said he you know, was real interested in, in offering me a job and wanted to come up and interview me, and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd ran some application services before, I'd worked in the outdoors, did a little filming, you know, and been lucky enough to hunt the West quite a bit, um, growing up in Nevada and then moving to Montana, so Garth and his wife Cheryl came up, interviewed me, and uh, kind of brought me down to Utah and was able to start working for them, and I worked for Garth for, I want to say almost three years. And then he sold the company, um, and we had, uh, um, you came on right after that, right? Yeah, right after. Yeah, like, I mean, like, literally, I think right when it sold, Garth came on, and that's been three years. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was always a member of Hunting Fool, just because I started applying for, well, basically, when I was a senior in high school, I started applying out of state, you know, and I just thought, man, there's got to be more options out there, so I started getting Hunting Fool, so I was a pretty... I was I knew Hunt and Fool and I had been there and then as soon as it sold a good friend of mine um, went to work there and he says man he says you know I know I always reached out to you for some of my application you know stuff and maybe ask you a few questions so he said we're looking for somebody new so then I came on then about the time that Garth sold it that's neat yeah. so you know with with Hunting Fool and a lot of the other application companies I mean going forward what do you guys see from a competitive advantage standpoint that may set you apart from some of the other application services out there is there something that you guys think there's a niche that we have that we provide that we know no one else can do or no one else has the ability to do well i mean from from my standpoint it would really be the i mean the level of service that we you know provide the client and 
everyone calls us. I mean, we, we tell them, listen, you can call us anytime you want. License application clients will call. I mean, we'll spend two hours on the phone with a guy that just wants to get started. I mean, and we'll explain everything from A to Z as far as, man, if your goals is a 350 bull, these are the, probably the states you want to look at and the time you're going to have to wait. If you're more realistic, you know, let's put you in a couple of these other states like Wyoming and Colorado where you can maybe put a couple tags in your pocket and go experience the West so that that way when you draw that tag of a lifetime, you're a little more prepared. But really, I mean, just the intimate level we give to our clients, I think, is where we separate from a lot of, a lot of the other application services. I just want to throw in there, too, I think, uh, you know, just honesty sets us apart you know a guy calls up and he's like i want to draw a sheep tag and you know there's other places out there it'll be like hey you know apply here three years you'll probably draw a tag we're realistic like if you know you call me and you're like i'm 50 years old i'm going to put in for every single state what do you think my odds of drawing a sheep tag are i tell you they're low you know my sheep tags are one percent everywhere you know we don't blow smoke at all i mean we're going to be honest with you we're going to tell you straight up truth we're going to tell you it's going to take this many years to probably draw this tag and the odds are you're never going to draw a henry's tag you're never going to draw a strip tag i mean you're at less than one percent and i think by being honest you know guys respect that and they know that coming in and then after two or three years they're not really let down um, the other thing that I think that we do um, that other companies don't is we have a ton of opportunity-based stuff, you know, because a lot of guys out there are just going after the best of the best, and they're just putting guys in for the best stuff. We got guys that just want to hunt, so we help them yeah. line up Montana, Missouri breaks, hunts they can draw that are really easy, or Colorado over-the-counter elk. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the nice thing is, is, you know, they can have a personal relationship, just like Jason's called both of us before, yeah. you know, over the phone and ask us any questions, and we're going to be honest. We're going to tell you the truth, and uh, we're not going to blow smoke. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah. You know. So I think that you know that's just one of the things the guys respect. They know what we tell them is the truth, and we're not trying to to make anything up to get them to purchase anything. Yeah, I mean, I know there's some license application services out there, and they'll actually look at the odds and they'll say, okay, you know, there if we put all our guys in for the top unit chances are some of our guys are going to draw the top unit, so we're going to have those stories. We're going to have those success stories because they drew out the top unit. problem with that is 99% of them aren't. Yeah. So they're just drawn dead. You know, we want our guys to go through and have a good hunt and actually draw a tag. So we put them in to draw a tag, not just overload those one or two best units with those guys and then say, eh, better luck next year. You know, we try and get our guys tags that they want so they can go hunting. One of the things I know I've noticed is just the consistency over the years. I mean, even with some of the changes that have, you know, taken place mm-hmm. in the last couple of years or year or so, I, it just seems like from the first edition I have, which, is, again, is 10, 12 years ago, even till now, I've just noticed the consistency because I've built my own strategy and plan based off of that, and I've taken that year by year, and, and it to me it's just been very consistent. And for me, that's helped me versus jumping ship and going somewhere else where – I almost would feel like I'd probably be starting over uh, because of the foundation that I've built based on a lot of the stuff that Hunt Fools put out in the past. Right. So, Well, and that's for me, too. I mean, like I said, I've talked to both Garth and, and Robert, probably Robert quite a bit more just because we've been around a while. But that's the whole thing. It's like I feel that comfort level of when I pick up the phone and I call and I say, hey, look, I'm looking at this state right now and this is how many points I have and I was thinking about this and Robert's told me a couple times, well, that's probably one of the better hunts in the state, but the odds of you drawing it or even with as many points as you has is, okay, you're in the maybe 2% 
or three percent because you've been around for a long time. That's still crap, you know. And then he's like, if you're willing to go for this, maybe you go up to an eight or a twelve percent draw chance, but maybe you won't kill the super bomber. But I mean, if you've never killed one of those, you know, this puts you in the running where. Really, it's a lot. I mean, when you go from a one two percent to an eight twelve percent, I mean that's that's yeah. huge, and that's information that me, you know, looking through the magazine. And don't get me wrong, because I read everything. Looking through the magazine, that it it it's good, but when you can pick up that, that phone and ask that little pertinent question and get that little bit of extra information, that's what to me you guys are are super at. That's that that's the added bonus from a hundred dollar, you know, magazine. To right. uh, holy crap, this guy just maybe got me a tag. And one of these days, you know, I'm sure I'll call him like a giddy schoolgirl and go, I got it, I got it, you know. That's like, one of the best calls we get. Oh, yeah. isn't it, though? We love I those mean, calls. Uh, yeah. Worst part's when my brother-in-law calls me and says, hey, you remember that tag you told me to put in for? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I got it. I'm like, frick it, frick it. I love you, man. I guess I'm going hunting with him. <laughs> okay. Um, kind of digging into the business model around hunt and fool you know a lot of folks don't understand the application process and i have friends that um, are just getting into hunting and asking me you know hey you know i want to go hunt in montana or i want to go you know hunt in utah like what do i need to do that and so you know i generally sit down with them and talk to them about the process but um you know for them sometimes it's so overwhelming because they're like well i you know i don't understand the percentages i don't understand i gotta buy this license but then i can only apply for this and every state's different right Right. but you guys basically take that break it down sort it out but you also have a process where if i'm new to the game and i don't know what the heck i want to do you guys will do it for me right can you explain how that process works that far as license application we can do that for you yeah yeah so, I mean, a lot of guys, I'm, and, and, and we're getting more and more. I mean, it's getting more popular every day. So, I mean, on a daily basis, we always go through these guys that it is overwhelming for them, and they probably don't have time to go through and sit down and go over every single license application, read every single magazine. So they can call us and say, listen, these are my aspirations. This is what I'd like to hunt. This is my time frame. These are the dates that I cannot hunt, so on and so forth. Could you apply me accordingly? You know, we get all the specs and yes we can apply accordingly that's our license application service and you know we go through and we'll apply them and with that with all of that we can go in as in-depth like i just had a conversation yesterday with a with a lady that wanted to apply for trophy units everywhere and she says listen i just want to fill this form out make sure i don't miss any draws and just see it next year october i'll renew and we'll keep going but i don't want to have the discussion every month and some people are just the exact opposite. They want to have the discussion every month about what we apply them for and so on and so forth. And you'd be surprised at who we apply in our license app service. Like when you turn on the TV and you see those people, most of those people trust us to do their applications. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like the girl he's talking about yesterday, I got up and seen her come and he pushed me down and went and took care of it. So, well, hey, she was a pretty lady. She was a pretty lady. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with There's a few of those that. in the industry. Yeah. So, so based on that, another... And by of, the way, audience, he's still smiling. Just, just saying. I mean, for those smiling. Oh, now Robert's smiling because he's smiling. I mean, it's, it's one of those They're moments. They're contagious smiles. Contagious smiles. But another um, difficult part is the points process. People don't understand it. People try to understand it. So um, can you guys help explain, I mean, what is the bonus point process versus the preference versus the modified preference? How does all that work? So, I mean, it's different in every state, you know, uh, 
well, just there's some states like Alaska, New Mexico, and Idaho don't have any kind of point system. Everybody's equal. And, you know, those states are going to work better for a guy that's just starting out. Then you got certain states like Montana where it's a preference point or it's a bonus point, but they square it. So then you're like, okay, Nevada and Montana, I'm getting my point squared. And then you got Utah and Arizona that, uh, you know, will have uh, so many of their tags, like Utah, 50% will be set aside to guys with the max points. And then Arizona could be up to 20%. So, you know, with the Huntful, we cover 21 different states, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, in each of those states, you know, we're going to have 100-plus hours in the research and, you know, depending on, you know, how far in depth it is. But when you go over all those different states and all those different preference point or bonus point or no points, you know, um, there's just a lot of different material in there. So, you know, a lot of guys will call in when they're a new member and they don't know this stuff. And what we'll usually do is have them, you know, log online, look at the EMAG, go over like a December issue and read about the 21 states. And we'll spend about an hour with them and breaking down a lot of this stuff, you know, because like if you were to call me and just ask, we'd ramble forever. But if you'll maybe read one of those and then make a bunch of notes, you can call and I can answer all your questions. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's, like I said, every state is different, every single state. And uh, then there's states like Colorado, there's Voodoo, where it's like you got to have three sheet points to get in the draw. And then you're, you're, Weighted points after that. Like, how many did you have when you drew? Uh, 12 and 3. 12 and 3. So your three points got you in the draw. Yep. And then they assigned everybody a random number, and they divided yours by 12, and yours ended up being the lowest random number. So, I mean, each no other state other than Colorado does that. Yeah. You know, so. And then that's a great thing is your three points to get in were the preference points, and then after that it was a, it was a weighted point. Yep. <laughs> So they got two points within the same draw. And the silly part, that was the first year that I got promoted into management with NRA, and I had told myself, okay, I don't want to draw. And I looked down, oh, this is the hardest draw in the whole state of Colorado. I'm never going to draw that. I'm way (laughs) off that. Didn't even check. I'm always that guy that, oh, hey, results came out today. Got to go check. I didn't even check. All of a sudden my wife's like, hey, you got something from Colorado? I'm like, ah, it's a refund check. She goes, looks like glossy paper. I'm like, glossy paper? Holy. Get in there. And the, the first thing that went through my head is was, oh, my God, did I put the wrong number down? Or did I draw a U tag or something like that? Yeah. And when I opened it, it was like, oh, my God. It's, I, I'm like, I sat there. Actually, I just sit down, and my wife's looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with him? I'm like, I never had that feeling. That was oh. the first one. Well, the only one. But, yeah, that phone call was fun to make. Oh, man. So I remember the text message you sent me. Whoo. That said, we're going to Colorado. Uh, I drew the, the sheep tag. No, that was cool. Yeah. That yeah. moment. That moment. That was pretty cool. I mean, I guess the biggest thing with preference and bonus, preference points, you either have them or you don't. I mean, preference points is, I mean, it's that. You're, yeah, it's you're like either, Arizona, right? I mean, you're well, never going to draw the, the good, well, really Arizona's good quality a, units. Well, Arizona's a bonus, so yeah. you have a chance. I yeah. mean, now, now it is now with it the is. modified. Right. They, they always had the chance. That's where it gets a little bit screwy because they had 80% of those tags go to random draw. The problem was the 10% non-resident quota was getting drawn out in the 20% bonus pass yeah. leading into that. But, you know, Colorado, you either have them or you don't for, yeah. for deer economic, So, Like you talked about, uh, 61 or or 201, you know, if you haven't been applying for two decades, you're just buying a point. Yeah, and you'll be buying a point for the rest of your life yeah. if you apply for 201. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're five still, points off, you'll never draw. Arizona, in, we'll just talk about 13B real quick. Before they changed it, we just met with the Arizona lady this morning, and she said that if they wouldn't have changed it, it took, was it 12 years to clear out the max point pool? Yeah. And then 20 years to clear out the That's one the then less max. The next one down. So it would have been 32 years if they didn't change it to clear out the top two point pools. And wow. We'd never draw that. I mean, for old, me, I would never draw that tag. Old age would have started clearing the pool out faster yeah. than yes. the draw cycle. Oh, yeah. Well, the scary part is that's that's my dad and, and I, you know, I mean, but that's like they look say, at him and he's 76. My whole goal has been to get him a big mule deer for the last 20 years. We've gone on three good hunts, never been able to pull it together. But he was he was in that that top echelon that you're like. When it changed, I was like, oh, my God, it changed. But then at the same time, you go, well, maybe now that it's got a little yeah. bit of it, who knows, we could still draw. Maybe it's a better chance now. Well, maybe one of your kids will draw now. Well, that could be. Boy, that's going to be tough having them shoot a 200-inch buck when I haven't even had a chance to. <laughs> well, they say you'll run out of health before you run out of wealth. So, yeah, And the problem true. is with some of these tags, if yep. you haven't started, you know, years <clears throat> ago, it's it's – you know, statistically, it's pretty difficult. Now, like in Arizona, there is a statistical chance now to get dumb lucky and draw some of those in that in Wait, that five percent. Spent about an hour with a guy this morning that had fourteen points. I mean, it seems like a lot, but he drew a twelve A West late Kaibab tag last year. That would have never been possible in years past. He, yep. he and he actually got a call based off the new point guard system that they have in Arizona because he was next in line and someone returned the tag. Wow. And he got a call, and he said he was sitting up glassing for mountain goats, and he looked down on his Arizona Game and Fish and picked it up, and he got a tag with 14 points. Wow. That's Only cool possible story. by the two by the two changes they made last year. Yeah. Wow. That's that's one of those stories that you just never hear of yep. that, that's a possibility. Cool. So around application strategies, um, Robert, I think it was in the January, Huntful, December or January, you talked about you know goals for not only yourself but also for clients and you talked about like the one-year plan the five-year plan the 10-year plan when you get folks in um do you go through that process with them if it's someone who says hey man i'm gonna subscribe i'm gonna pay for 10 states and this is my goals do you guys get those kind of folks and how do you work through that with them we get that all the time but honestly you don't have to be licensed app to do that you could be a hundred dollar guy that just subscribes to the magazine and call in and be like 27 years old i've got this much money that i want to set aside every year for non-refundable tags like my arizona license nevada license and uh, i want to build a a short-term and a long-term strategy you know and we'll start with you know what do you want to kill in your lifetime well that's the sheep and the goats and the moose and it's like okay we're going to start applying for those and we're going to ride those till we can't do it anymore and we're going to hope to draw those we're never guaranteed any of those but we're going to try and then, you know, what other things are on your strategy list? And, you know, we'll go through all of that. Um, and then, you know, they're like, well, I'm from, you know, Iowa, hunt whitetails all the time. I want to shoot an antelope first or a mule deer. So we'll do a short-term strategy, you know, those one to three years, build you a few points, maybe in Colorado or do a hunt in Wyoming or Idaho, come out, you know, build those goals. And then, you know, maybe they're like, I want to kill a giant bull with my bow, 350 bull. I want to do it with my bow. Well, perfect. What's the worst thing can happen to you if you're from Iowa, never hunted elk, and you want to kill a 350 bull, and you draw Arizona in at nine? What's going to happen the first time a bull comes in? You don't know what you're doing. You're <laughs> yeah. going to freak out. You're probably going to shoot it. You need to practice. So you go to Montana, go to Idaho, go to Colorado, the counter, shoot yeah. some raghorn, yeah. shoot a cow, get some experience, kill some elk. So when you do get that great tag and you have that chance, 
you're proficient, you've practiced, you're seasoned, you know when to draw, when not to draw. You don't want to be a brand new guy or a rifle hunter that's been a rifle hunter his whole time, jumped over to archery to draw a tag, and just bought a bow two months before the season. You're not, it's not going to turn no. out well 90% of the time. No. So we'll, we'll take guys from depending on what they want and run them through what they want in their lifetime. And we get a lot of calls. Guys just want to hunt big mule deer and elk. And like that was one of the saddest things that I get that call when I first came to work at Hunt Full was a guy's like, man, I want to shoot a desert sheep. And I'm like, cool. And he's like, I got 18 points for elk in Arizona, 18 points in Nevada for elk. I'm like, how many got for sheep? None. So he bought that license for 18 years for both those states and never spent the $10 extra or $15 Mm -hmm. extra to get sheep. So if you're going to buy those licenses in Nevada and Arizona, make sure you take advantage of every species that's there. Otherwise, yeah, if you want to hunt it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to hunt in your lifetime, and you know everybody's going to change it sometime. I mean, I doubt I'll ever want to shoot a turkey, but, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stand turkeys. But, um, you know, like guys come in and they want to hunt whitetails or they want to hunt elk. Think about what you want to do in your whole lifetime. And we try to encourage guys to do that so they don't make those same mistakes. But we get that call every single day, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I... I it's, it's one of those things where it's nice to be able to sit down with an individual, like when they call in, you're just talking to them face-to-face, and you say, listen, what are realistic expectations, you know, because if you want to go on one hunt a year or you can do two hunts a year, here's how we can structure it because you've got your out-of-reach states. You know, if you want to kill a 350 bull, okay, then that's the future states, you know, but let's get you into some other states so you can come out and still go hunting, you know, and you can go hunt in Idaho and Colorado and still have a good experience, learn along the way, probably over that course you're going to find out that it's it's a whole lot funner to be out hunting than it is sitting there watching your you know buddy go out and shoot 300 bulls because you were waiting for a 350 bull. exactly yeah and that's the beauty of a lot of states i mean colorado you know montana um even idaho to some extent i mean you can hunt elk every year right i mean it's going to cost you a little bit of money if you're not a resident but you can drive there you can buy a tag and you can go hunting, right? And 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 you're exactly right. I mean, if if you're holding out for some of these larger trophy class animals, um, if you've never done it before, you know you're going to have that stick in your hand, and you're just going to be doing this when that first bull comes in, not knowing whether it's a trophy yeah. or not, right? So, there's a lot of states that allow you to hunt and and become proficient until you have that opportunity yeah. to draw some of those tags. Well, and for like just that whole example too, though, you you get the 27 year old guy that wants to do this stuff and he thinks about a long-term strategy reality is 27 okay unless he's very fortunate you know he's never killed a 180 buck he's probably never killed a 300 bull you know when you start getting that you know then you get an older guy like myself who bopping 47 you know you start thinking man i've killed a few things now i'm really you know i'm kind of hyper focused yeah i got my kids now which is kind of fun because when you take them out, it's like everything that's legal walks across the crosshairs. They're wanting to shoot it, you know. But it, it's different levels of individuals at different times in their life, and it changes. Yeah. You know, it goes from the very beginning stage all the way up to, you know, the 60-year-old guy that has 20-plus points maxed out at all different places. And never hunted. And never hunted. Or yeah. he's hunted all over, but now he's really hyper-focused on yeah. trying to kill the biggest thing that he can. Now, when he draws that one tag, he could come home with nothing. I mean, that's a high probability yeah. still. And that's that's the, other, that's the other key to it is a lot of times when you talk to younger guys that are just getting into it, they want it here and now. 
you know, you start talking 20 years down the road, they don't think that far ahead or they're not really planning that far out ahead. So you might tell them, listen, you're not going to get this tag for 20 plus years. So they just write it off and they might go the sheep route and say, I'm not even going to apply because I don't want to wait 20 years. But all of a sudden, 20 years is staring you in the face and you didn't get those points sure. leading up to that. So, yeah. Well, same thing. A 27-year-old guy calls in and he's like, you know, we're going through his goals. And he's like, I want to shoot one sheep. I don't care what it is. I just want to kill a sheep to have in my trophy room. Well, the money that you would spend for 10 or 15 years applying for every single state, you could have bought a doll sheep hunt. So it depends on what route you want to go. I sure. mean, you know. Well, and you guys can help on that kind of stuff, oh, too. 100%. I mean, you know, you guys got so many different great outfitters that you work with where, you know, if, if a person has the means, they can go ahead and just say, hey, look, well, if I just want one sheep, you know, what's the best situation going? And you, you'd help them out with that, too. Yep. That's uh, cool. Any question they have, you know, between me, Garth, and all the other guys, you know, when we cover, we help with landowner tags, outfitters. Um, we have the member draw list, which is, I'd say, one of the most popular things. Yeah. You know, like you say you drew your sheep tag in Colorado. You probably got the member draw I list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one, you just you one call of the best value. One of the best values, period, because you as soon as I called you and you told me, I think it was just within a day I got the list. And yeah. I actually called everybody on that list. Now, what was interesting is three or four of the guys were like, oh, well, you got to go get this guy or you got to. But there was a couple guys who were like, hey, look, you know. Got a map? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, get a pencil. Here we go. And they yeah. literally would tell me, okay, there's sheep here, he's sheep here. And that was that was some – I like to do it myself. I, I, you know, I'm the guy that takes the whole season off if I have to. But, boy, that list was money. You, you know? get to talk to guys that had the tag before you, and that's priceless. And, you know, we Huntful's been in business 21 years, so we got 21 years of client information that have had these tags. You know, so when you draw a special tag, a tag like that, guys are going to be more apt to give you a lot of information. Yeah, because they're you never draw going again. A Montana general right. tag, they're not going to tell you too much because they can draw it too. <clears throat> sure. So the higher, you know, the point value, the harder to draw a tag, the more guys are willing to share. We've heard lots of stories where guys they actually go on the hunt with the other guy because they wanted to experience it again. Oh, yeah, they were so excited that someone else just drew the tag they got home from, especially sheep tags. They're yep. like, cool, when are we going? Yeah, I'll yeah. go with and, you. And actually, yeah. the last two last two years in a row, because I got mine three years ago, the last two years in a row, I have had guys call me about that particular sheep hunt and as well as my elk hunt that I that I went on. They, I've had guys from you guys call me, say, hey, look, I'm a, you know, it's funny, I look at the caller ID, don't know it, goes to voicemail. Pick it up, some guy going, hey, look, I just drew the S12 sheep tag. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, yeah. sorry, guys, I'm going to be busy for a couple hours. You know, <laughs> I run in the office, pull all the maps back out, spread them all over the table, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm ready to call this guy. Half the time, they're not ready for me because when I'm like, okay, do you have a map? They're like, no. I'm like. I just drew the tag. I okay. just found out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you you better you get a map, and then I'm like, here's five names, and, you know, it's. It is. It's it's yeah. actually reliving it. And if I lived closer, you're right. If I lived close enough to that, I would have, I'd have been on the mountain on opening day with them. Yep. There's no doubt about it. And I think that's the value that you know we've talked about a lot of things that you know you guys do. But I think that's another thing that I mean sets you apart. When people draw these tags, they know what goes into drawing those tags. And when they hear one of their buddies, brothers, friends, or whatever draws a tag. Normally, you're more than willing to help a guy because you know, well, this guy's never going to draw this tag again. I know I'm never going to draw it again, right? But having that list and that portfolio of people over 20-plus years, I mean, that's a powerful book of business right there that you guys hold, right? And Oh, yeah, and 
it's it just kind of it's that hunting full community, right? And and the good thing is is when We're you family. call, you have a guy that just you know he's he's excited, he's happy to help you out. Then in turn, when someone calls you, I mean, you're just more than willing to help them out. Yeah. You know, you get a good experience for that, and then you just play off of that. Yeah. Word of mouth is the best thing. Like, I'm going to pick on Jason here for a minute, but he's been a member for, let's just say, 17, 18, 19 years. I guarantee him not even knowing it. He's referred 50-plus members in his lifetime of the hunting full. You know, and you're he one of them. me up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Ten-plus years ago. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, guys call, start asking him questions, and like, Jason, how do you do this? How do you do that? And he's like, man, it's huntful. Yeah. You know? And First like, step. That, yeah. that word of mouth, I mean, it, I've been a member since 2001, you know, and, and when I was in high school, my buddy's dad got it. it. was one of the original members, and we'd read it. And then when I moved to Montana, I became a member. And, uh, like, I mean, I shouldn't have been able to draw all the tags I've drawn. You know, how am I going to say? It had a lot to do with Huntful and then taking it at another level and, you know, adding my own research into it. But, you know, if it wasn't for the Huntful showing me the other states that were out there and the ways to apply, yeah. I would have totally missed a lot of it. And sure. most guys do. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. – if you take time to read – at least the December through the uh, June section, and I'll cover all 21 states. I mean, just the knowledge you gain off that on, you know, if you want to apply yourself or, you know, it's just amazing. Oh, we put a lot of time and effort into that. So speaking of <laughs> December to June time frame, let's have an average day in the life of Garth or Robert between that time. I mean, what's happening when you guys are putting out publications, the phones are ringing off the hook. I mean, how crazy is it in your guys' office this time of year? 80 it's, hours a week. Yeah, it, it gets pretty wild. I mean, Roberts is a little worse than mine because he's balancing, he's balancing firefighter and, I mean, this this guy, I don't know what he drinks. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Mountain Ops. <laughs> There's a it, plug. Plug. Yeah, there you go. It's, Thanks, Mountain Ops. It's definitely high octane, yeah. but it does. It gets pretty chaotic because, I mean, it's not only you're trying to, you know, you're trying to do your research. You're trying to get all that stuff figured out. You're trying to put it into perspective and make it, you know, make it read and make sense. Plus, you're trying to help out license application. You're trying to go through and help all them out with their selections. Plus, you're trying to answer the phone calls. But it, it it's it's a really good give and take because honestly, I love that's one of the my, one of the favorite part of the jobs is talking to all the members because you get to experience the excitement through the phone with them and you feed off of that. And so by the end of the day, when you go home, you're still in a great mood, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, so it's hectic, but it's but it's fun as well. Yeah, I was sitting at I would I was texting Robert, and I I've got seven points going into the Wyoming draw this year, and I wanted to use my points. I want to elk hunt this year there. So I'm sitting at home. It's like 9:30, and my phone's ringing. Robert Hanneman. I was like, oh, 9:30 at night, right? Robert's <laughs> at the office cramming to get the February you know issue done and. Saying, yeah, I'll probably be here another two or three hours, but we talked for 10, 15 minutes yeah. and set me up in a, in a good unit. But to me, it's just there's so much that goes on this time of year. I mean, looking at all the previous year's information and yeah. cramming all that data and getting it out there in a, in a, in a way that's easy for people to read it and understand it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's time sensitive. I mean, states are releasing their, releasing their proclamations, you know, they're releasing their draw odds. You know, and then we throw in these shows, they kind of put us behind. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love these shows. I mean, I don't know how many guys walk up and you're like, hey, can I help you? And they're like, I've been a member since, you know, 2000. And they just want to sit down and visit with you for a minute, you know, and just like I've talked to you on the phone 11 times, you know, and they're just, I mean, 
I, I can't say enough things about our members. I mean, yeah, I, I've never loyalty. never met guys that are, that are just such good people. Like, and in in the hunting industry, there's a lot of egos, and like it just seems like our members are so humble. And some of them have killed the greatest animals in the world, but they're not a pound your chest. And we got to pry to get the pictures out of these guys. Oh, sure. you yeah. know, because you like, guys know when they draw the tag, it's oh, like, yeah. hey. Well, he drew that sheep tag. Well, they'll call like there's there's phone calls we take every day. They'll call and say, "Hey, you know, I'm looking at this many points," and then we'll start diving into it with them, and they'll say, "Yeah, I drew a pretty cool tag last year," you know, and then they'll start telling us about these animals they took last year, and it's like, what "My God, you've got to send us some pictures of these." Oh, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, it's just a nice bull, you know, 370 bull I shot in Kentucky," and you're like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just yeah, you know that small little 370 in <laughs> yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Well, interesting enough, I mean, thinking about, you know, it's always kind of been Western big game hunting is what a lot of, you know, you guys have focused on. Now I'm seeing, I'm starting to apply in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm applying in Kentucky. I'm applying in states in the East Pennsylvania that have never had elk, you know, draws. I yeah. mean, the, the odds are, aren't the greatest, but, you know, eventually someone's got to draw that tag, right? And it's and cheap. You guys cover. Yeah, it is. It's really cheap. I just, I talked to a member the other day and he says, yeah, he said, my, my daughter do a terrific main moose tag, shot the third biggest moose in the state last year. I thought, okay, that's yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, a main, main yeah. moose tag. Yeah. yeah. Knowing yeah. at first, like when I was, came to work for Garth, we didn't cover that. And, you know, I'd already been applying for all those states, and I kind of was trying to prod him into it, and he was just like, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like, we've always been Western big game hunting, and, like, the membership just loved it. You know, they jumped right onto it. And, uh, man, I mean, we've had guys draw. Every year, I would say, some of the best tags in the West are drawn by our members. Yeah, that is is actually really impressive a lot of times when when you see the list of what tags and where. And, you know, you're like, man, and no different than when people call me yeah. on, on that. It's like, wow, that's great. How big is your membership now? I think it's right about 15,000. 15, a little over 15,000. That's, yeah. that's, that's fantastic. I mean, wow. when, you, when you, I mean, like I said, I was one of the fledgling few that started way, way back when. And, I mean, I, I still remember talking about breaking the two three hundred mark you know yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like oh ooh, if we get that many people man look at the knowledge that we're going to have with that many people and, and guys are proud of their member number you oh, know they'll yeah. come in and they'll be like I'm member number 727 they're like and now i mean you know through the years of people going in and out you know it's just we're in five digits you know well, yeah I, I, was, I was telling some the other day i mean between going in and out and then there's other other uh like we had uh, trial subscriptions like that you get this member number yeah when you get 85,000 and something, you know, you know that's a newer member. When you get 40,000 and below, you know he's been around for a while. But then all of a sudden yeah. you get this number 12 that pops up and you just kind of perk up in your <laughs> seat like, and are like, let oh, me man. straighten myself up because I know this guy knows what he's talking about <laughs> just as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be an experienced one. Okay. Yep. This was the guy reading it when it was a newspaper or whatever oh, the yeah. initial. Yeah. A little pamphlet. Yeah, pamphlet. And the, the cool thing is is these guys will call us and they've got every magazine since they've got started. I'm that guy. Yep. Yeah. I'm that yeah. guy. The garage. Yeah. My wife's like, what are these five boxes? I'm like, don't touch them. 
Got to put them up high so in case a water leak or, or the water heater breaks or something, it doesn't get those wet. Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah, but the quality of the magazine, I mean, it's a it's a glossy cover. I mean, it's yeah. just a very well put together magazine. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. The, you guys do a fantastic job. So much more job. than the magazine. I mean, guys are like, 100 bucks for a magazine? It's like, there's a lot that comes with it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about hunting, uh, and then we'll get you guys back to the show. So Since uh, they're pounding on the door yeah, trying exactly. to get in. That, that We're in this giant monster truck. Yeah. We may be a Somebody turn the air conditioning on, man. You guys are talking a lot. <laughs> let's uh, just talk a little bit about your guys' recap uh, in 2016. I know there's a couple states I threw down here. I've, I've read some articles about but what stood out for you guys, each of you, and you guys can each share a story in 16 on a hunt that you guys did that uh, just stands out above the rest? Well, well, for me, it was probably my Alaska, I mean, Kodiak. It was the first time I've hunted Alaska. Um, you know, I'd never been up there. I, I'd been up there mining gold when I was 18, but never <laughs> never hunting. Sure. So I got to go up to Kodiak this year on a blacktail hunt, and it was, it was kind of cool because all of us from the office got to go on the same hunt. So we all shared in the hunt together and had a great time. Took a member up there with us. I mean, he was an awesome guy. Came up there and had a great time. They went up. In fact, the first the first night, I'll never forget because I I hadn't hunted there, so I didn't really know the goings on. All I know is there's big bears everywhere. <laughs> we got down to the bank, got picked up, and we get we're, me and Trailer coming back, and we're going to the main boat. We got picked up in the skiff, and we get back there and we look up, and there's these headlamps on top of the hill, two thousand feet off yeah, the ocean. Two thousand <laughs> And, and we're looking up there, and we're like, okay. And we ask Garrett, and we says, now, who's over here? And he says, well, that's Austin and, uh, and Dale. They're up here. Then you got Robert and Jared that are over here. And so we're sitting there watching these headlamps. We see Robert and Jared making their way down, and it's about 10, 11 o'clock at night, and we were making bets who was going to get back first. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and finally... Jared and Robert got picked up, and we're still looking at these headlamps up there. And about 1.30 in the morning, here comes Austin and Dale, and they were just spent. Wiped out. So oh, wow. my first experience was like, man, I don't know if that's safe being <laughs> out that late. I don't know if I would do that. And then, There's big brown bears out oh, there. Oh, yeah. I they're, wonder if they rub blood all over their body, and they're they like, ooh, this is good detractant. <laughs> you know, those bears won't like this. And then I went up two days later, and it was you. And it was me up there, me and Robert and Trell, and... Trail, uh, trail packed off a deer. I packed off a deer, and Robert packed off my other deer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, so if you hear that, that's good delegation. I didn't there. shoot a deer that night. Oh, and that night move. we got stuck in the blizzard trail. We ran out of food, and like Garth found one little piece of food, and it was what was a that little thing? a little fiber one cheesecake bar. Oh jeez. I got it out to kind of share to it. To share it. And I said, you know, you guys are hungry. Would you like this? And I had it, and Trail's like, yeah, I'm pretty hungry. And I give it to him. And, you know, Robert comes over, and he's like, hey. And Trail's like, yeah, it's gone. I ate the whole thing. Trail it. just <laughs> pounded it. And we're like, I'm really sure that. Thanks, buddy. That's like the bottle of Gatorade with three guys. It's like, yeah. okay, we got to split this evenly. Yeah. Oh. So, so you didn't well. clarify. Would you like this? Oh. Yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Robert? What uh, in sixteen stood out for you in your in your hunting year? Oh man! Well, like I said, that the hunt with Garth and Trail and Jared was phenomenal, and like I mean, that, that was definitely one of the top hunts. But like for me this year, my wife has been on a lot of hunts, and uh, I mean, she's killed some exceptional animals, and she's I mean, I'd put her up against any guy. Um, this year, um, one of the tags I drew was, uh, Nevada 161 through 164 archery deer tag. 
And uh, my first backpack hunt ever was in uh, 1996. I was a junior in high school and uh, didn't know what we were doing. And literally, like, went up with cans of chili and, like, bagels and, like, uh, a blue tarp. You know, and me and my buddy went up there and we killed two bucks. And it was one of my biggest bucks for a long, long time. I hadn't been back up on that mountain since then. I drew the archery deer tag in Nevada this year, and me and my wife backpacked up in there and had the same camp I had, you know, wow. 20 years before. And, uh, I mean, there was bucks everywhere. There was elk everywhere. And, uh, unfortunately, all I did was pass on deer. I was just, I was waiting on a giant. Sometimes it was like the first time of the year, so I was like trying to, I don't know. It's just one part of the things with this job is you're just always looking for something better. And the best buck I found was probably right at, uh, high 170s, low 180s, like a real nice 22-inch heavy velveted buck. And uh, he came by me and hurt like 35 yards. But I just was looking for something giant. And it was so awesome. And we had a great time. And, you know, so I got to spend was five or seven days up on the mountain with Amy. Um, no other hunters, you know, in the Nevada, complete desert country. So that was by far my favorite hunt of the year. Um, you know, so that was that was great. So it was. Yeah, and even, you know, success we've talked about this but it doesn't always have to be notching the tag i mean if you can share time in the outdoors with your wife your spouse whoever your kids i mean to me that that is what it's all about yeah. right and and obviously you know tagging an animal and 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 sharing that animal for the next six to eight months you know with your friends is is a big part of it but it's the experiences and the, that you have out there that i think is what really is the measurement of success yeah so for 17, so new year, um, we're in application process right now. What do you guys have your sights in on? Are you guys looking at potentially drawing some decent tags this year? Or are you guys in a holding pattern? Or? About four hours ago, I was real hopeful. Then Alaska <laughs> released the results, and then I found out I was unsuccessful. So I'm kind of pouting. But is that for sheep? Or uh, that was for everything. Yeah. Everything for caribou, moose, everything okay. up there. So, I was but, say, I heard but I did. I did talk to Austin in our license app. Drew uh, two Raspberry Island Roosevelt oh, tags. Nice. Wow, we drew a nice. uh, Toke Mountain Sheep okay. first rifle. Um, we drew like six or seven caribou tags. I think wow. we drew. Uh, um, I can't remember. I think it might have been a, one of the brown bear tags. Really? So our, our member draw did really well up there. On a, these are low, low percentage odds. But uh, I struck out Austin. All the other guys here did. But uh, um, Garth did a lot of research in Arizona this year, and I was right in some other states. And uh, between Garth and a couple other good guys, I had 13 points, and I put in for a unit that last year took 11. Um, so my fingers are crossed that I'll okay. be spending two weeks down there chasing big bulls. Okay. Dang. Wyoming comes out the end of the month, I think. So that's. That one's upcoming. That's probably, yeah, I mean, I, I, I should have a general elk tag in Wyoming this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I should pull that. But then I had so much fun in Kodiak, I decided to book another one and go back. Nice. <laughs> so I'll be doing that again. Nice. That's something to look forward to. Kodiak's a fun place, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is. Oh. It's a blast. I mean, and right now the deer herd up there is just thriving. I yeah. mean, they've got as many mature bucks. Some We just sat there, and after that December season rolled around, like Austin loves to keep up on that stuff. So... I just get these constant pictures of these big threes and fours coming through, and he's like, it's getting better. It's getting better. Might want to think about going back. <laughs> uh, well, it's, you know, up there, winter kill, and then you're waiting, you know, seven years later, yep. and it, it's at the peak right now. I mean, until it winter kills, now's the time to go to Kodiak. Yeah. You know. I'm telling you. I told you. It's time to go. You? He shot a brown bear on Kodiak, so. Uh, Passed on a bigger one on the first day. He ended up shooting a smaller one on the ninth day. Now, when you say smaller one, 
Seven, it, it was a, it was a baby it, Volkswagen was, instead of a big yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah. Well, it was it was seven and change, but it, I mean, I they told me, well, you can't shoot a big one if you shoot a small one. The first day, yeah. like an eight high eight, walked out in front of us. I mean, we had climbed the mountain, and my friend was setting up the tent, and I'm like, hey, isn't that a bear? I mean, we're talking eight hundred yards, and he's uh-huh. like. Setting up the tent, man. We got to get the tent set up. I said, dude, it's right here. He turned around and he's like, holy, it's a bear. You know, <laughs> tent stopped getting set up, moved into about 400 yards. He's like, oh, man, it's the first, you know, first hour. It's like, I don't know. I think we could do better. I'm like, mm, okay, you think we could do better? Later on, I was thinking, oh, should have whacked it and one. went deer hunting for nine days. You, you know? shouldn't even have told him. You should have <laughs> snuck off and shot him shot and it. said, hey. It would have been my luck. It would have been, you know, like a that six foot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, we would have had to. We would have had to pack that out right there. Oh, yeah. It was still, it was one of those experiences that you never forget. And, and I black bear or black deer, black tail deer hunted on the island, I think three times. Mm-hmm. And actually, I told him on the drive up here, I was mentioning that was that's a fun hunt. It's The deer are doing oh, great man. right now. Yep. And I have a friend that's a transporter that's, like, been trying to get me up for the last five years. And I told him, I said, I'll introduce you to this guy. And, you know, maybe maybe we don't draw any good tags. Maybe we'll just freaking go. Yep. And he's like, okay. I'm like, it's fun. We could do a podcast sitting around a fire eating crab. Oh, man. Well... Yeah, I, I wish we had crab up there to eat. But the food was phenomenal, but they yeah. weren't catching crab when we were there. But, yeah, oh, it would be a blast. Yeah, that's definitely on my list to get to You'd Kodiak, like it, I'm telling you right now. For sure. Well, speaking of elk <clears throat> meat from earlier, black-tailed deer is the best deer I've ever had. Oh. Isn't it phenomenal? Oh, man. Something about those things, eating kelp off the off the bed there, the, the meat is just so subtle. Oh, oh yeah. man, it was it's awesome. Different. doesn't taste like our blacktail. No. No. We Yeah. We live in blacktail country, and when you get one of those, you're like, geez, this thing's really not that great. But anyway. Well, good. Uh, guys, we'll go ahead and, and close this down. Uh, just make some, you know, closing remarks and comments. I, You know, for me, um, you know, sitting down with these guys, it's 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 neat for me because I've, again, I've seen you guys in, in magazines. I've seen you guys write publications. I read, you know, cover to cover every month. Um, the Huntful Magazine. So for me, it's neat to sit down and, and, you know, take a slice out of what you guys do and understand how the process works, how the company's driven. Um, you know, clearly your guys' business model is to continue to grow and to continue to get, um, you know, more folks in your system where they're drawing more tags. And, you know, we're sitting in this arc right now that, I mean, this is obviously <laughs> another, another piece of what you guys do. I mean, to me, like 10 years ago, you know, the hats and the shirts were like just kind of a side thing. I mean, Hunting Fool was an application service, but you guys have diversified out and, you know, you've got a whole line of, of clothing now and hats and, and the and the membership draws, which is always a neat thing that you guys yeah. do. So, you know, I, I just think it's neat to, to be able to have that conversation with you guys. But for you guys, I mean, if you were to guys to leave a plug for Hunting Fool or, or something that you'd want the listeners to know, I mean, if I've never heard of Hunting Fool, I mean, how could they get a hold of you guys? I mean, what's the best way for someone to sign up? Really, I mean, I mean, you can sign up online. That's probably the easiest way. But the best way is to call in the office, you know, call in the office and then talk to us. That's the one thing I feel like, you know, most of our members don't take advantage of is, is calling in and actually visiting with us, sitting down, you know, talking to us. And we can shave so much time off that in a conversation 
you know, even if they just want to say, listen, what's the gist of it? I just don't have any experience at all. Can't, is this obtainable? And we can just go over everything with them and say, yeah, it is. And basically they'll come away with that conversation with a lot more confidence going forward. Yeah. No, I think that, uh, you know, the hunt full is just a tool like anything else. And you can use that tool as much or as, as minimal as you want. And uh, there's guys who have been members for 17 years never called. And then there's guys that call all the time, you know. So I think that we can essentially um, help you in your learning curve of every aspect of your hunting, from applications to strategies to questions on optics, weapons, gear. We've been doing this for a lot of years, and we've put a lot of things to the test. And we're going to be honest, you know. So, I mean, you can go out and you can learn it all on your own the hard way like we did. Or you can call us, and we're just going to help further you along in the process. Yeah. You know, there's no magic bullet to anything. But uh, honestly, you know what? We're there to help, and you can pick up and you can talk to Garth Jensen. Or you yeah. can talk to me on the phone. You know, and ask us whatever questions you want. And there's not many services out there where you can pay $100 a year, get 12 publications delivered to your house, and have access to the member draw, access to our outfitters that we vetted over 21 years, um, access to landowner tags, you know, and be able to talk to us personally. I mean, on any question you got, you know, so guys will call in gear questions or, you know, I mean, it depends, you know, what you're looking for. And, you know, I don't have all the answers either. Garth does. But we all specialize in different things. You know, yeah. if it's a Montana question, it's probably going to come to me. If it's a Utah question, might go to Garth. But yeah. between the group of us, we can answer any questions that you have um, through a little bit of research. And that's and, and for me, that's been the, the most valuable tool is I'm kind of like you guys. You guys started out doing it yourself. I kind of started out doing it myself. But... Early into my doing it myself, I was in two or three states and then ran on to your founder. And once I ran on to him, I was just like, he opened my eyes to what everything was. And being a numbers guy, seeing seeing what he was telling me, I could see the big scheme. And I'm a stick and stay guy. I'm a stand my ground and fight. And so when I started thinking about that, I looked at the longevity of thing and said, just like you said, well, what do you want to do in 20 years? You know, here's yeah. a list of all the animals. Which ones do you want to take? And the answer is yes. I want, I want to take them all. That's yeah. my goal. My goal is to be able to hunt them all. And the only way in, to get that sheep tag, far and wide, as many as you can, and hopefully one day they'll call you and say it's your lucky day, you know. So, and I, I want to just say thank you to both of you for you guys doing everything and being available at those weird times when we talked or text or, or I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing up at 2 a.m.? Wait a second. What the hell am I doing up at 2 a.m.? <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, that's stupid. You know, go back to bed. You know, I'll talk to them tomorrow. But well, thank that's, you for that's everything the, you guys do. And like anybody out there listening wants to learn more about us, go to huntful.com, check out our website. Um, you know, you can follow us on Facebook, Huntful. Um, Instagram, you know, Garth, me, yeah. we're both on those two. Yeah. So if you guys kind of want to see what we've done and where we've been and where Huntful's going and the story of it, you know. And, again, even if you're not a member, call in, say I'd like to talk to one of these guys. Yeah. And, you know. I'd just like to find out more about your service and yeah. 
I mean, it kind of boils down the age-old adage that we started with this was apply, 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 and it really holds true right now. Sure. Yep. Yep. And a lot of guys look at it as an insurance policy. Let's just say, for example, you'd built 10 points in the West but never actually applied, just been building points. Well, now you got all these points, and, you know, you, you can just kind of go off what a biologist says, or you can call and talk to someone that spends hundreds of hours researching it every year for 100 bucks a year. Yeah. And a lot absolutely. of guys, they'll call us. And, you know, ask us a question, and we'll be like, did you read the magazine? He's like, nope, it's been in plastic for seven years. I pay 100 bucks to talk to you. Hey, sure, hey, it's reality. Different, yeah. right? Everybody has want. their thing. Yep. I noticed, I noticed your online e-magazine. I mean, yep. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's like, oh, hey. And I look at my email, it's like, oh, e-magazine's in. Well, where the hell's my printed copy, man? You, I, you can thank the Postal Service for that. <laughs> yes. Because you have to have an e-magazine because from the, time, oh, from the time we get that thing done and ship to print, it's just like yeah. the snail's it's, pace to get that. And that's unfortunately the bad thing with a printed copy. I love the printed copy. I'm yeah, the same as you. Too. But it's like I got a week to apply in yes. Arizona and I haven't got my magazine I have, yet. I have to have this. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Which, but that's a that that's a big benefit too. Yep. Is if it gets to that point, you're like, man, my magazine's not here. You could literally just go online. Yep. And Same thing. next thing you know, you're flipping through the pages, and you're like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. Yep. You know, zoom print. You know, and and you're off and running. Or, shit, I, that's different than what I thought. And then pick the phone up and give you guys a call. Yep. Yeah. So. One last thing I want to talk about real quick. Uh-huh. We have the Huntful app. It's a free app. Anybody can download it. You don't even need to be a member. It is an app you can find on the Google Play Store yep. or the App Store. <laughs> Essentially, it's free. Go to it, search Huntful. It'll pop up, download it. What you do is you enter in your information, and it's going to go to every single uh, one of the state websites, and it's going to wow. get your bonus points. So you can literally have on your phone at any time, and like you can track multiple people. So yeah. like I'm on there, my wife's on there, my kids are on there. I can go to any state, see how many points they have. You know, so it's just a great free tool. Even if you're not a member of the Hunt yeah. Full, holy crap, all my points. You can literally download That's that for cool. free and track your points in every state. Well, teaching can't. him how to use the phone has been. <laughs> I had to show him how to re- listen okay. to podcasts. I, I am that bit. guy. I'm that guy that struggles and goes. Here, twelve-year-old son, can you figure out how to get me? Can you tell me if we're on private land right now? Because I'm thinking we might be, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then when he says, "Yes, you are." It's like, "Oh crap, we can't go after that deer." Well, okay. at least you didn't pull it out of your pocket and flip it open. Exactly. <laughs> then you really might. Yeah, then you're really dating yourself. Uh, <laughs> but no, the app's cool. I've had the app. It's really cool. Yeah. That yeah. is pretty neat. Yeah. Okay, I guess on the drive home, he'll be playing with my phone while exactly. we're trying to figure that out. So the last thing I think, you need to buy a hat or you need to buy a shirt because you need to get in the contest to win this thing. Absolutely. Is it based on if you buy any apparel? Is that how it works? You get another entry into it? You even get one free entry for downloading. Yeah, you download that app, you get a free entry. You can take this truck home. We'll get you set up. Yeah, so you can win a hat, you can win a or you buy a hat, buy a shirt, you get an entry to win this. You download the app, you get an entry to win this. And when is the drawing for this? They're drawing drawing one, well, I guess six preliminaries, so they'll have a January, February, um, up until July. So they'll draw one a month up until then. Each one of those is going to get a key. And then in July, at the Total Archery Challenge up okay. here at the Snowbird Resort, yeah. they're going to test the keys out. Which, tea, which key works oh, then? Yeah. Which one's going to fire it up? Wow, that's cool. Someone's going to drive this thing away. It's a beast. Wow. It's just amazing. Can you I've imagine? never seen anything up, like hey, this. let's go hunting. Come on, you can ride with me. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no way. Are you serious? Imagine pulling into like an RV park and being like, 
These oh, people oh, will be looking yeah. at you. Does it have a Look cool horn too? Something like, you know what? I haven't got to test it out. I, I hope it does. <laughs> a horn that sounds like an elk bugling or something oh, like that. That'd be, that'd be sweet. sweet. This thing's pretty remarkable. So with that, we'll close down. Uh, again, I want to thank both Robert uh, and Garth for hanging out with us today and um, talking about hunting fool, talking about what you guys do. Obviously, it's a passion. And, uh, you know, I know from Jason and I's standpoint, we appreciate what you guys do. Um, longstanding members and continue to, to you know continue that membership with you uh, in hunting fool so living the dream thank baby you. well thank you guys because we couldn't do this without having you know good quality members like you guys out there that are doing yeah. it every day absolutely no. all right guys thanks, take care you thank you thanks thank guys you. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Paw, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to Podcasts app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it'll automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or just use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Instagram at Rod and Arrow Outdoors, and Facebook, RNA Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, get involved with conservation efforts, and know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, see you guys on the next ridge.